It's Wednesday night, and we are in a continuing study on baptism. We are saved by baptism, but not in water. That's the amazing thing. You can read in the Bible, people don't know that baptized does not mean to immerse in water. The Bible has so much to say about the blood of Christ. Let me erase this from off the board. The blood of Christ. We're saved by the blood of Christ. His, he has to sprinkle our hearts with his blood. The Bible says so over and over again. I'm going to repeat some things I have said about this because there's so much more to this than people realize. If I repeat it, it's not because I think you're ignorant. It's because I don't think you really got it in one or two times around. Uh, we are saved by baptism. The Bible says so over in First Peter, the third chapter. We're saved by a blood baptism. If there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, Ephesians 4 and 5, then that one baptism is blood, it's not water. In fact, that's what baptized means. Look here, let's read this right here. In verse 20, the Bible is speaking of the spirits in prison. The spirits in prison were the Gentiles. Gentiles were in darkness. Prison means the division between day and night our light and darkness or you might say between truth and a lie Light has to do with truth. Darkness has to do with a lie. The Gentiles were in prison or in darkness. The Bible says so in the 42nd chapter. You were in prison and Christ will come and release the spirits in prison. The Gentiles were in darkness from Adam until Jesus, particularly Acts 2, when God says, Now I'm going to part of my spirit on all flesh, are the Gentiles, red, yellow, white, black, and brown flesh. I don't know why I put too many L's in that. Gentiles. And that's red, white, yellow, black, and brown flesh. That would be all flesh or all men. So God's come to the Gentiles. That's the spirits in prison to release them from prison and bring them to the light. says that over and over again. Then he goes on to say, these spirits in prison sometimes were in darkness. I need to read 18 because it has to do with 18. For Christ also once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Now, when you find those two phrases together, put to death, quickened by Spirit. 
Now, this is the way to heaven right here. Quickened. When you have put to death and quickened together, quickened is the word Z-O-O-P-O-I-E-O. Zoompaeo is a construction of zoo or zoon. It's our word zoo, meaning alive. You go see living animals at a zoo. And poeo, P-O-I-E-O, that means to make. It's more than just make. It means to make into some kind of mosaic or some kind of tapestry. Our lives are a tapestry that God is weaving together with fire and trials and all the persecution that we go through. Tapestry. So it means to weave together, being quickened after being put to death is expressed in one word, and that would be resurrection. And we have to be put to death. That would be a blood baptism. People don't even know that a blood baptism was a death. I have never heard a preacher say it. You can go into the B volume and look up baptism or look up blood. Adam McClinic and Strong, and it'll tell you that a blood baptism was a martyrdom. It was to die. Jesus himself would say to James and John in Mark, the 10th chapter, he says to him, can you be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? He wasn't just double talking there. Three years before he had been washed in water, he's talking about a future baptism. Are you able to be baptized with the baptism that I'm going to be baptized with? A daily cross, death to self, anything that puts self away is death. And that's what a blood baptism was. A blood baptism saves us. It absolutely does. You have to be sprinkled with the blood of Christ. If you have a blood baptism somewhere in your life, Death to self has to start occurring. You're not going to heaven without a death to self baptism. It's not going to happen. Now, dipping in water won't do you any good. It'll just make you wet. That's all it does. I don't believe in dipping in water. That was a proselyte process, and I've got much to say on that. Mark 10, Jesus asked James and John, Can you be baptized with the baptism that I'm going to suffer tomorrow, the next day, they're going to put me to death on a cross. Can you take your cross and die daily? You have to do that in order to go to heaven. That's a blood baptism. Now let's read the rest of this here. These Gentiles sometimes were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing wherein few, oligos, Few people can't get this out of their can't get this into their head. O l i g o s. A puny number were saved, and it says in your King James Bible through water. It's not what it says in the original text. It says it says by water in the King James Bible, but the word is dia. It means through. There the water of the flood was not the baptism. The baptism in the flood was the pitch of the ark. 
That's really amazing to me. I've never heard anybody define the pitch of the ark. Never heard anybody go into that. Uh, If you want to find out how you find this out, let's go over here to Genesis 6. Now it says through, it says dia. Eight souls were saved. Dia, that means through. Believe it or not, that's actually what it says in an interlinear Bible. It says through. Dia. These guys that translated the interlinear Bible, you got the Greek on the top line. You got the English right under it. When you open up there to First Peter, that third chapter, verse 19 and 20, and it says, eight souls were saved, dia, and it says right under it, through. They were saved through the water. What was the baptism? What was it? it it's really very simple to find out. You go over here to... Uh, I'm going to see if I've got this thing up. All right. Now, go over here to Genesis 4. Excuse me, Genesis 6. I don't know what I'm thinking of. Got my mind on something else. Genesis 6. The Lord comes to Noah... All the earth is full of wickedness. And uh, he tells Noah in Genesis 6, 14. Let's start reading verse 11. The earth was also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee, God is talking to Noah, make thee an ark of gopher wood, room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch the ark within and without with pitch. Now, pitch with pitch. Pitch with pitch. The first word pitch is if if baptism saves us, what saved the ark, the pitch was something called, it was, it was, uh, Asphalt. It's been guessed by the scholars where it comes from. Said come, some say it comes out of the earth like something out of a volcano. Earth. Something mined out of the ground. And some say it came out of trees. But whatever, it was red. It was red. That's where... The ancients say they called the ark a giant egg. And they gave Noah credit 
for they worshipped him in the form of pagan gods. The the word fish in the Hebrew is the word dog. And they called their god Dagon or Dagon. That's what the Philistines called him. That was the fish god. That was believed to be taken from Noah coming out of the ark. And they said the egg was a sign of fertility. And Noah brought his sons. Now, Noah was righteous. Dagon was evil. It was a deification of Noah by the pagans. And the red has to do with the eggs. That's where the Easter, Ishtar eggs comes from. In early times, the color of the egg was red. That's because this this bitumen, B-I-T-U-M-E-N, which was the pitch of the ark, they had to pitch these boats. They put it in the cracks so the boats wouldn't sink. The only thing that saved the people in the ark was the pitch. It wasn't the wood of the ark. And the first word pitch means to cover. And the second word pitch means to stain or to die. That has the exact same meaning as the word baptize. Baptize comes from baptizo, B-A-P-T-I-Z-O, and the word bapto. This is the origin of the word baptism. These two words, this word baptizo was not a verb. A verb shows action or state of being. A verb is like run, jump, throw. These are all verbs. They're action verbs. You have being verbs that don't have anything to do with this. Be as, am, are, was, were, being, been, have, has, had, do, does, did, shall, will, should, would, may, might, must, can, could. They show state of being. These show action. They're called action verbs or transitive verbs transitive means to move intransitive these are intransitive verbs the being verbs they don't move these move baptizo we've turned it into a verb and Mr. Gertestone says it wasn't a verb to begin with and so does so does the McClinic and Strong Cyclopedia, Biblical Ecclesiastic and Theological Literature says it was a noun first of all before the translators translated it. In fact, that's one of the most puzzling words they tried to translate. They came to a dead standstill when they hit baptize because it's not a verb showing action. We think of showing action, baptize you in the name of the Father and come up out of the water, right? That's not what it meant. It meant the action was on the part of the fluid. It means to asperse. To asperse something, let me read that to you. I've got it, I think I got it here. To asperse means to shed like like a salt shaker. 
You just disperse. The movement is on the fluid. That's called a verbal noun. It has verbal character. It's action character in it. But it's a noun. A noun is a person, a place, or a thing. If it's a person, it'll have some gender. It'll have uh, Jim would be masculine gender. Man would be masculine gender. And those would be nouns. A place would be like Hendersonville, Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee. A thing would be like a table. That is a noun. It's a person, place, or thing. But a verbal noun is called an infinitive. And that's exactly what Mr. Strong will say. He'll say not being a verb implying motion. He'll tell you that. He'll say it's a verbal noun. He doesn't use the word infinitive, but I know what an infinitive is. It's a verbal noun. An infinitive shows the action coming from an outer source. Well, that sounds like Christ baptizing his people with blood. And when he says, baptism doth also now save us the same way the people in the ark was saved what was it how were they saved pitch is a verb the second word is a noun now if you're going to find that that there's a verb and a noun you have to use something besides your concordance i've got a if you use your concordance and you look up pitch with pitch They'll give you, they'll call both of them kafar, which is the common word for atonement. But the second word, if you look it up in Strong's Concordance, he'll tell you it's kafar, but it's not. This first word is kafar meaning to cover. The second word is kofer. And that is the noun form of the verb. But you're not going to know that unless you look that up. Both of them will be under a different heading in the Englishman's Concordance. This is just like, this is like the, uh, the New Testament. I got it up here. The word study concordance in the Greek. This is the word study concordance in the Greek. You look a word up, it'll tell you every time that word is mentioned in the New Testament. This is the Englishman's here. This is the Englishman's Hebrew. And it will separate these two words to kafar and kofar. Well, the word baptize means to cover, cover, baptize, baptizo. And babto means to to stain with a dye. Baptize has the same exact meaning as pitch with pitch. That's what saved them. That's what saves us. When Christ pitches our heart with the blood of Christ, baptism saves us. Let's go, let's just read this. 
Make thee an ark of gopher wood, room shalt thou make, and pitch. Thou shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it. And he goes into that. Now let's go back over here to... Sometimes I don't spend enough time on these words. But go back over here to 1 Peter. I need to really spend some time on this so you can understand. Sometimes I'm going fast. I apologize for that. I need to spend more time with you. Now go back to 1 Peter. And let's look there in 3 and in 3 and 20. Where in few, that is, eight souls were saved through the judgment of God. Through water. Water didn't have anything to do with baptism. The pitch of the ark had to do with baptism. The like figure, or antitupon, the corresponding figure, whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. And boy, do the Baptists want to talk around that, and boy, the Church of Christ love it. Say, baptism saves you, dipping in water. No, no, no. Being aspersed with the blood of Christ saves us. Not being dipped in water. We are saved by baptism, but if you tell the Baptists this, they're going to have to get rid of their baptistry. And they're not going to like that. Not the putting away the filth of the flesh. It's not washing your flesh. He's trying to say that. But the answer of a good conscience towards God. I've said so many things. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have to be put to death and quickened by the Spirit. And that is the resurrection of Christ. When we're, when we're blood baptized... Blood baptizes a death. Blood baptized. Let me just verify this as I'm going. Let me just pull out the B volume and look at blood. All right. That's a G volume. Oh, here it is right there. All right. Let me just do this. Sometimes you don't know what you can find in these books. Look at the B volume. Look at the very end of the article. And it will tell you. I like this. This really. Oops, wait a minute. I need the B volume. That's the C volume. All right. I just want you to know what you can do with these books. Now listen to this. B. Look up blood. You can look up atonement also. Now. Baptism. Let's go to the let's go to blood. Go to the end of the article. But see, you don't just look up baptism always, you just look up blood also. H-I-J-K-L-B-L-O. Does that have when I slow down and go slower with this? Now here's blood right here on the very end of the article. Blood baptism. People think I make this up. I don't make it up. 
blood baptism. In the early church, one devoted to martyrdom without baptism was reckoned among the catechumens, the instructions. Martyrdom being regarded as a full substitute was therefore styled blood baptism. Even Mr. Mr. Uh, Matthew Henry says in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, talking about I died daily, he said this was considered a martyrdom in the first century. I've never heard a preacher even say that, that above baptism was considered being a martyr. In fact, I'll say it again. If you called anyone Lord but Caesar, that was a capital punishment. You had to give your life. So if you were dipped in water in the first century as a public testimony that you're following Jesus as your Lord, you would die in a Roman agon for that. You couldn't do that. You couldn't even say I'm following somebody else. So a water back then wasn't even the same as today. Now, now we got the resurrection here. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Do you see that word resurrection in verse 21? See that word resurrection? Can you see it? The word resurrection is anastasis. Anastasis is feminine gender. Feminine gender. It's not talking about the resurrection of Jesus from a grave. It's talking about us resurrecting daily after we die daily. It can't be the resurrection of Jesus. It's the resurrection of him in our mortal flesh, like the fourth chapter Second Corinthians says. He comes alive in us daily as we die daily. And dying daily is being put to death in the flesh, quickened, made alive in the spirit daily. How does that come about? When you go out and you tell people the truth, you tell them the truth about about if you have to die daily, you have to bear your cross. Uh, predestination's true. The Bible says so. People make all kinds of excuses for being saved by baptism. They'll make all kinds of excuses for not believing the truth. We are saved by blood baptism. Well, that is a resurrection, isn't it? So we're saved by a resurrection when we are blood baptized and we're put to death by the world, you got to keep remembering death is the word Thanos or Thanatos. Thanatos means separation. It does not mean annihilation. So when you die, you're separated from this body, aren't you? Your spirit separates from the body. When you die daily in the world, people separate from your company. Blessed are you when men shall hate you, when they reproach you, when they separate from your company, cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. That's daily dying. They don't want nothing to do with you for talking about predestination. It was against the law to celebrate Christmas 300 years ago in America. Everybody has got to go through a blood baptism to go to heaven one day. Now, I know the hard thing about it is to learn to take a stand, but you have to do it somewhere. 
You can't do it on your own. God has to put it in your heart to do it. You don't have to go out here and beat people in the head and say, you're going to go to hell if you're not blood baptized when you uh, baptize daily. You just talk to people. I talk to people every day. I'm just very calm, very gentle, but firm. If I hear somebody say something in public, and it's not true, I'll say, well, that's not true. I'll be that gentle with them. That's not true. And if you want to know what that's about, I'll tell you. If you don't, well, I don't want to hear that, okay, then I won't talk to you, and I'll walk away. And they're blood baptizing me there because they're separating from me. Now, if you have to die daily, everything that is dying daily is a blood baptism. Everything. Daily cross. Resurrection. Christ resurrecting you every day. And resurrection equals the gospel. So you have to die daily by blood baptism. I don't care what preachers like on this. They take that verse and say, oh, they'll take it and twist it all to pieces. And we look to Christ and with a, a view to resurrection. It's not what it's talking about. You have to have a daily cross. You have to have a, a resurrection. You have to deny self. All of these mean the same thing as a blood baptism. Deny self. You have to drink of a cup. That's a death. You have to, all of these and everything that I'm talking about, this is a have to to all the believers. It's not some. It's not your choice. If you cannot give up self ever, you never have belonged to God. You got to give you up. You got to live for others and not yourself, and not want your own way. That's pretty serious. Now, we're talking about resurrection. Go back over here to Luke, the third chapter. Here's the resurrection. Resurrection is you have to be in the narrow way. In the narrow way, because the narrow way is the gospel. And the narrow way is coming to life after dying. And the narrow way is atonement. These are all saying the same thing with different wording. They're all the same thing. Look over here in Luke, the third chapter. Luke, the third chapter. I bring this out. A lot. All right. I think water has corrupted the church. It's made the church corrupt. If you never talk about a blood baptism that you have to go through, you'll be fighting for your way the rest of your life. You'll never die. Our lives should be lived for Christ and for others 
go out of our way to see their life and try to understand what they're going through. Don't just, I want my way. That's the way I want it. And I insist on having it. There's no dying in that. Huh? All rituals are bad. Rituals are wrong. Passing around crackers and grape juice and saying that's communion. That's not communion. They were eating the last Passover and then the Passover became spiritual after Jesus died. The Bible plainly states that it's spiritual. It says Christ is our Passover lamb in the fifth chapter of 1 Corinthians. Well, if the lamb is spiritual, so is everything else. It's, I think the world is crazy. I was talking to a young painter that works with Scott the other day. I said, you do know the world is crazy, aren't you? He said, yeah, I know that. It's just very calm. He's a Spanish fellow. And he said, yeah, I know that. I know they're crazy. I told him, I said, if you said the world was crazy in 1955 when I was in high school, people say, are you sick? Are you something wrong with you? Now you can tell waitresses in a restaurant. I'll ask them once in a while. Do you know the world's crazy? Every one of them said, well, yeah. Because they don't want to believe the truth. Now look here. Luke, the third chapter. This is talking about John the Baptist. Speaking of John the Baptist, and he came, verse 3, into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance. He did not preach the baptism of water. That's proselyte baptism. He preached the baptism of repentance, and he says so for the remission of sins. He preached true baptism. Let me put it this way. He preached baptism of blood. He preached a blood baptism for the remission of sins. For remission. How can you preach water baptism for, to have your sins removed? Remission is the word aphesis. It's the same word as forgiveness. It means to pardon and release from prison. Remember the Gentiles were in prison. All through the Old Testament. And it means to pardon and release from prison. Well, it got, John the Baptist preached a blood baptism for the remission of sins. And then watch what he says it is. Then he says, The baptism for the remission of sins was written... In the book of the words of Isaiah. It's written in Isaiah. The baptism for the remission of sins. Well he's certainly not talking about water. As it was written in the book of Isaiah. The prophet saying. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. Here's the message of the baptism. For the remission of sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness. Here's the message. Prepare ye the way. This is the true baptism. Prepare ye the hodos. There's only one way for the remission of sin. Hodos. That's what it is. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. 
Look at, look at Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40, and here's what it is. When you're in Isaiah 40, Israel has been taken into captivity in Assyria, and they will be taken into captivity in Babylon very shortly after this. And Isaiah says, the voice of him, here's the baptism of repentance right here. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way, whatever this word way is in the Hebrew, it's the same word as what it is in the Greek, isn't it? If he's saying the same thing, this word is direct. So it has to be, since it's being quoted in the New Testament, it's, it's the same word as hodos. Well, the Bible says straight is the way, uh, straight is the gate, and narrow is, narrow is the way. So if the way is the resurrection, the narrow way is the way into heaven, which would be the blood baptism. He just got through saying the baptism was prepare you the way, make his path straight. Didn't he say that's the baptism? So baptism equals prepare the way. Baptism. Equals prepare the way. That's according to Luke, the third chapter, isn't it? Luke 3. When he says here, prepare the direct, it's the same word as hodos in the New Testament. When Jesus said in John 14 and 6, I am thee way thee is a definite article article it means there is no other way so unless you are going through the narrow way which is the baptism of blood death to self unless you're going through that you're not going to heaven Nobody's going to heaven having their way. Yeah, but I want my way a lot. Well, probably you're young. Everybody except Mary and me and Rusty and Gwen. <laughs> We're not young anymore. I'm sorry. And when you're not young, you still got a lot of your own way. You got to get beat more. Now, a lot of you will say, I've been beat. Well, not enough. <laughs> Not enough. Because God will beat your own way out of you. So when he says, prepare the way, he's saying prepare the narrow way. Narrow is the way that leads to life and only few are going to find it. Narrow is the word thalibo. And thalibo is the same basic word T-H-L-I-P-S-I-S. One is the verb, the other is the noun. This is the verb, this is the noun. And it means tribulation. 
So if you're not going through tribulation for what you believe, you hadn't open, learned to open your mouth yet. You've got to open your mouth and not, not open your mouth for your own way, for others and for God. You have to learn to live for others and not yourself. When you fight for your way, you're fighting for the wrong thing. We should never fight. We should live in truth, understanding that everybody else who is not where you are, where you think you are, they have a lot further to go. We all have a long way to go in this narrow way, don't we? I like being old. Boy, it has settled some things in me. I don't fight anybody anymore, ever. Don't believe in fighting people. Will not. I will... Be very compassionate and gentle and kind to everybody I can. And that's not the old me. I really wanted my way at 20, 30, 40, 50 even. I wanted my way. Even into my 50s, I wanted my way. I had to get up to my late, mid-late 60s, especially in the 70s, and you start losing your way and you find God's way in your life. Your your way argues God's way. You say, I'm not going to argue anymore. And me and Mary is always talking. I say, well, that's, that's their problem with God. That's not my problem. Always I say that every time she'll say something. We'll say, I hope so-and-so gets this straight in their life. Well, I say, that's... She'll say, I don't know why so-and-so won't come to church. I say, well, that's their business with God, not mine, and yours with them. People only, do you know that people that don't come to church are not supposed to be here? Did you know that? You know what I mean by that? God hasn't moved on them to be here. So they're not supposed to be here. And I'll tell people, well, Jim, I'm sorry I hadn't been to God. Well, you're not supposed to be there. If you're supposed to be there, God will move on your heart to be there. Won't he? It's that simple. You can't get mad at people because they don't convert. I can't change people. Can you? Boy, I found that out. If you get my age, you'll find out you can't change anybody. Nobody. So I don't try to do that. <clears throat> have you found that out yet? Huh? Charday, have you found it out? You can't change nobody. Don't even try. All right. Now, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain shall be brought low. Boy, I love that. That's that's verse four, uh, verse five of Luke of Luke three. So, the blood baptism is the narrow way, isn't it? And if you're not willing to suffer tribulation and you haven't learned to speak up for the Lord, if you belong to him, that'll happen in your life. Just give it some time. You'll get to where you get sick and tired of you. I had to get sick and tired of me. And now I don't care whether people like what I say. I'll say it to them. I don't really, I don't mean I, I don't care what they say in an evil sense. I mean, I really just don't care. If people come 
It'll be because God wants them to. And if they don't come, it'll be because God doesn't want them to yet. You have to learn that. God's got his way, and we can't have our way. Now, look over here in Mark, the first chapter. I love this because we're saved by baptism. All right? In Mark, the first chapter, Mark chapter 1. You notice all these things are equal to each other. He said, now remember the gospel. The gospel is the resurrection. Being quickened by the Spirit is the resurrection. Remember that? That's the resurrection. Put to death, quickened by the Spirit. Quicken, zumpoel, means to come to life after dying. So when you're, you come alive... You're made alive after you die. So, if the gospel is the same thing as the resurrection, and the resurrection is death to self, so you can come alive, that's denying self. So if that's denying self after you're coming alive, If the gospel is the same thing as the resurrection, both of them are the same thing as a blood baptism. Well, the Bible says that John came preaching the baptism of repentance, which was prepare you the hodos, and that's where people are putting you to death in a tribulation daily. They're separating from you, and that's a blood baptism. Therefore, if you find the same thing here in this verse right here that you find in Luke 3, they're one and the same thing. Remember the gospel, according to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, the gospel is the resurrection. Paul said, I declare unto you the gospel. That which I also received, how that Christ was dead, buried, and resurrected again the third day. So the gospel is a resurrection. And the Bible says here that the gospel is to prepare you the way. The beginning of the gospel is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee, the voice of one Crying in the wilderness, the gospel is prepare you the way of the Lord, make his path straight. That's the gospel. That's the same thing as the resurrection, which is the baptism of repentance, and Luke, the third chapter. So, isn't that true? So, the blood baptism equals the gospel, doesn't it? And that equals the tribulation. And that equals the narrow way. That's the same thing as the narrow way. Narrow. And that's going through tribulation and trial because people don't like what you're saying. And when you open your mouth, out of the abundance of heart, the mouth speaks. What does God do to your heart? He baptizes it. Let's go over there 
to think the way. Go to Hebrews 10. So the way into, way to God, everywhere you find the way, the eliminates every other way. It's a definite article. It means it's the only one that has to do with this. If I said the apple, oh, is that one you're going to do something specific with? Yes. If I say an apple, what does that mean? Well, there could be many other apples. If I say a pie, I mean there can be other pies. But if I say the apple pie, it's one specific one that Mary's going to make for Friday night. (laughs) The. So when you find the way, prepare prepare the way. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, there's only one way, one whole dose. It's filled with tribulation. It's the gospel, it's a fiery trial, it's blood, it's death to self. If you find yourself arguing for yourself, it's the wrong way. You got to go the way. Now, look here. Look here in uh, Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. All right. A blood baptism is a washing. That's what it is. All right. Hebrews 10. Sometimes I'll read this and I wonder if everybody's getting it. The book of Hebrews tells you all about the meaning of the Old Testament Jews, and we are the New Testament Jews. There was an Old Testament Israel. We're the New Testament Israel. Paul said so over and over again. Then he says here, speaking of sin, God writing upon our hearts there in verse 16, this is the covenant that I will make of them after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. That's the same thing he said. That's the same thing he said when he said, I'll write up on fleshy tables of the heart there in the third chapter of Second Corinthians. He said the same thing to the Jews that he would write up on fleshy tables of stone with his finger. What does God do with our hearts? With his finger, he writes the word upon our hearts. And he said, when he writes upon our hearts, if I with the finger of God cast out devils, that's when he casts out devils. When he blood baptizes us, he writes with his finger upon fleshy tables of our heart. And he said, that's when the kingdom of God comes unto you. And the kingdom of God, notice how all these things come together. The kingdom of God is a title for Israel. And he said, the kingdom of God comes to you when I use my finger to write upon fleshy tables of your heart. And then the kingdom of God comes to you. And where's the kingdom then? Like Jesus said in Luke 
17, 20, and 21. He says, then the kingdom of God is in you. And he said, I cast out demons or demonion, which means to distribute fortunes. See, if you're distributing fortunes to yourself, you're wanting your way. And until you learn that God's way is found in this book, you learn to sacrifice your own feelings and your own desires, caring for somebody else, trying to understand them and their problems. Instead of, I want my way. That's the wrong way for Christians to live. Do you come to that all of a sudden one day? No. You know what really brings you to that? You'll fight for yourself your whole life till you wake up one day somewhere in your 60s usually. I don't think it happened in my 50s. I woke up somewhere in my 60s and I said, fighting for myself hasn't worked. I need to try something else. Lord, help me to understand your way. And I started going out of my way trying to understand others rather than myself. And when you get your eyes off of yourself, you know that's when people start loving you. Did you know that? People know somebody that cares about them rather than themselves. I want my way. You can't have it. Yeah, Rusty. Your way is a waste of time. Thank you, Rusty. Your way is a waste. You're wasting your life away because you'll wake up one day and you'll say, I can't have my way. It's about five years to death. I'm not over 10 years to dying. Gosh, if I'm not going to live for the Lord right now, what am I going to live for? Just keep fighting to the death till I'm 90 and I die? That's a boring way to live. Death to self is the only way to live. Because you wake up one day, you start saying, having my way don't mean nothing. If I keep having my way, I'll get over this particular thing here, and I'll go to something else uh, next week and something else a week after that and something else a week after that and it always won't be I want what I want well you can't have it if you get what you want when you get what you want you get a beating in the head by God he scourges every son he receives that word receive means to accept he has to accept you but when he does he takes you into the kingdom and then he starts whacking your head and say, you've got to stop this. God called us to live for him, not for ourselves. People say, what's my purpose in life? Your purpose is to live for God. That's it. When Peter said, well, let me finish reading this. Now, where remission of these is, there's no more offering for sin. Verse 19, chapter 10. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest, the holy of holies, by the blood of Jesus. In the Old Testament, I keep preaching on this, and I keep hoping people get a hold of it. Let me erase this here. 
There was a temple in the Old Testament. Now we're the temple of God. There was a holy of holies that was called the house of God. Now Christ is a son of his own house. Whose house are we? We're the holy of holies. We're the holy of holies. The entrance of the temple faced east. You had the the brazen altar, the brazen sea, the veil, the Ark of the Covenant. Inside the Ark of the Covenant was Aaron's rod, the rod. We rule with the rod of righteousness. The The bread was in the Ark of the Covenant. And the table of stones written with the finger of God. Table of, of stones. And we've got the rod. We are the bread. And the rod is a rod of righteousness where we bow to the will of God. The tables of stone, that's our heart. And what is it that forgave the sins of the people? Of course, the shedding of blood of those bulls and goats didn't take away sin. It showed their faith in looking forward to Christ. You had the seven candlesticks, the table of showbread, the altar of incense. That was said to be our prayers over in Revelation. Prayers. We being many are one bread and one body. We're the table of showbread. Showbread. The seven candlesticks is the seven churches of Asia. Or the refined church. And this is our hearts right here. And our hearts have to be sprinkled with the blood of the offering on the on this brazen sea, on the day of atonement, the day of kafar. Same word as pitch. And it has to stain and die the Ark of the Covenant, or has to stain and die our hearts, and that is our salvation, is the blood of Christ applied to our hearts. And that means you will start dying. Somewhere in your life, you'll either start it today or tomorrow, or maybe you've been dying a little bit, but not enough. I was dying some when I was young, but not enough. I'm getting to where I don't mind dying a lot now. I'm usually real forceful with the Word of God from the pulpit, but I'm quiet most of the time during the day. I just don't feel like, don't want to fight nobody. All I want to do is go out and tell people some truth and let them do what they want. That's all I really want. Now, all right. Now let's continue reading. By new and living way, that word way, we enter into the Holy of Holies. It said we don't do the entering. Christ does the entering. He is a priest a high priest, only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies. I got two R's in there, but that's all right. Y'all can forget one of them. The, he was the high priest that sprinkled the Ark of the, the, 
Aaron was the high priest or one of his descendants, would sprinkle the Ark of the Covenant. That is what our salvation is. It's the sprinkling of blood on our hearts. If it's water, what in the world does that have to do with the Ark of the Covenant? Nothing. And then he goes on to say, we enter in to the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living hodos. That is the direct. That's the direct. That is the narrow way. You can just put narrow way. This is what you would call very idiomatic language. Figurative. It's the narrow way. It is the gospel. It's the tribulation. This is the way our hearts are sprinkled, just like the Ark of the Covenant. I've said that a thousand times. We're made new by this blood of Christ. If you don't believe in a blood baptism and you believe in water, you're out here chasing a rainbow, which is not true. And when you, the Church of Christ say you've got to be baptized in water to be saved. Well, it says you have to be baptized to be saved, but not in water. And the Baptists say, well, you've got to be baptized in water in order to confess outwardly that you're following Christ. No, you don't. You have to be baptized in blood, and it'll change your life, and you'll start dying to yourself daily. Anytime you start fighting for your way, you just got a problem. You, you're in the way. Remove you. When Jesus said, I am the way, he's saying, I am the only way to heaven. And it's the blood baptism, it's the resurrection, it's the gospel. It's all one and the same. You want to participate with Christ, learning, learn every time you get in a situation, die. Die. And start praying, Lord, what would you have me to do? That's what I do on everything. What would you have me to do? That's what Paul said when God struck him down on the Damascus Road. Lord, what would I have me to do? He quit killing Christians that day. He quit carrying them off to Jerusalem to be slaughtered. He changed. His life changed. Now, by a new and living way, with which he hath consecrated through the veil, that is to say his flesh. That is to say, anytime you see I.E. in a Bible, in a book, anywhere, the Bible says veil, that is to say his flesh. When you say that is to say what you're saying, here's what you're saying. You're saying the veil equals his flesh. If inside the veil is the Ark of the Covenant or our hearts, and this is the house of God, Christ is the son of his own house, whose house are we, and the veil is his flesh, And the Bible says we have to eat the flesh and drink the blood of Christ. That's idiom. And he says, my flesh 
is made indeed. And my blood is drink indeed. Blood is drink indeed. Then the flesh is indeed. So you can substitute for the flesh indeed or alethase. So going into that veil, actually our literal bodies are the veil. And inside of us, the heart was the place of understanding. Inside of us, this veil, Christ lives. And he said, I will not share this flesh with an harlot. If you're following Babylon... And I'm afraid a lot of believers are following that outer man. You got an outer man, you got an inner man, which is Christ in you. And Christ says, I'm not going to put up with you ruling in your life. And that serves the law of the flesh, the outer man. And God says, I'm going to work on you and crush you and deal with you until you give up and surrender to me and say, I'm going to live 100% for the Lord and not for my way. Has anybody had a problem with their way? (laughs) Well, I know you have. Because, you see, I have. There's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to me. All I have to do is own up to what I have been in the past. And I know what's going on with you. Because it's common to all of us everybody I want my way and you know what you find you what you're doing you're going up to a brick wall and banging your head on it's what you're doing one day you wake up and say that hurts too much why am I doing this that's That's sin what you want is to fight the way of God yeah but I can't change those people you're not supposed to change them where'd you ever come up with that but if I fight them I'll change you know how many fights I've had in my life? A thousand. I'm talking about arguing, fighting. Just one after the other. And do you know, I never won one of those arguments. I can never remember somebody coming up and saying, Jim, I think you're right. That never happened. The way you can influence people is to love them and care about them and give them the truth. But you can't find them and get anywhere. You have to die. Die to you. And people will recognize that. Well, here's the way I see it. Well, they don't care how you see it. You say, hey, well, can I help you in your situation? You don't have to solve it. Just They just have to need to know that you're there. That's all. And that's the only, only thing will change a person is the love of Christ in a man. Nothing else. His blood applied to our life. Blood baptism is what it's all about. I got to. How much time do I have, Mike? All right. And he says, consecrated through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. The veil is his flesh. The flesh is the bread, the Bible says. The bread is the body. And the body is the church. I'm not going to go through all that, but you can look all that up yourself. We being many are one bread and one body. And the flesh is the bread. And the flesh is the truth. When we have our hearts sprinkled, all this happens to us. 
Well, some of us want to keep, hey, get this out of my life. I want an easier life than having that blood sprinkled on my understanding. The heart was a place of understanding, they said, in the ancient world. So if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart and your understanding in the resurrection. So aletheis is truth. It means to take the cover off. A-L-E-T-H-E-I-A is truth. Of course, it comes from lanthano, meaning to lie hid. But truth is alanthano. The alpha privative negates the word, means not to hide anything. Just tell the truth about everything. But don't try to fix people. Do you know that's our main problem in life? We're always trying to fix each other. Are we? Yep. We can't fix each other. Who can fix us but God? No kind of can get fixed. And if somebody's going through a hard time, let them until they decide. Somewhere in their mind, they wake up one day and say, I've been fighting this battle long enough and... All you can do is be gentle and sweet and kind and tender-hearted to them. That's all you can do. So I understand your situation. I'm here for you. But you can't tell them what to do. You can't tell them to come or go or whatever. Boy, have, you know how long it took me to learn this? I was at the very youngest, 65. I didn't know this at 60. Didn't know it at 55. Absolutely not. Didn't know it. I was fighting people in this ministry when I was 55. I was fighting them. You know how much good I did? Zero. I will never do that again. If you want to come here and start a fight, I say, you need to go down the street. We don't do that here. And I don't even get mad when somebody leaves. Getting mad is trying to have my way with them. I don't want that. What I'm telling you is the testimony of an old man, what will happen to you when you get up in your 70s. It's better to get there sooner than later. But I'm sorry, most of us can't get there sooner. It's just something that comes later in our life. Haven't you noticed, I keep saying, old people are sitting around just staring. (laughs) All we're doing is going Young people are dumping around and bouncing. You don't know what I know. Yeah, I tried that already. Yeah, I tried that. Don't work. But I know I can't tell them unless I get up there in the pulpit because you really won't believe it until you try it over and over and over and over. Do you say, I'm tired of getting angry? I can vouch for you. Huh? I can vouch for you. You can. Mary can vouch for me. Next month, we've been married forty years. She, she's my voucher. Huh? You what? You survived. I got to show you something else about the blood baptism. Blood baptism is the atonement of our hearts on our hearts. He says right here. Look here. And let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our Hearts sprinkled. Sprinkled means to asperse. It means to... It's a fluid coming from an outer source and it's sprinkling with the blood of Christ. 
That's what the Ark of the Covenant was. It was sprinkled by the high priest. And we have a high priest, Jesus, forever after the order of Melchizedek. He comes into our hearts. And notice who's doing the will of sprinkling. It's not the Ark of the Covenant's will that it's sprinkled. It's not our heart's will that it's sprinkled. We are the Ark of the Covenant because God made us that. And he comes into our hearts and sprinkles our heart. And our will has nothing to do with it. Your death to self doesn't have anything to do with it. When you learn to die to the flesh, what God does is make you give up. One day you'll come out of the dark going, God, I surrender. Don't hit me no more. I feel like cool and Luke. Boss, don't hit me no more. You remember that in the movie? And say, boss, don't hit me no more. That's what I feel like. I'm just saying, Lord, don't hit me no more with those evil people. Just, Lord, whatever you want. I don't like getting hit by God because it feels like a billy club about 500 miles long. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. The Bible says there in First Peter 3, in 2021, that we have a, a we have a pure conscience. Our conscience, I can spend time on that, but I won't. And our bodies washed with living water. Living water is the blood of Christ. It's death to self. And Jesus, the living water is not H2O. It's blood. Even they called blood living water because it gave a life to the body. And they knew that. Jesus said we're washed, or Paul said, we're washed with pure water. That's amazing, isn't it? And look over here what Peter said in Acts 2. When they asked Peter... Peter preached at Pentecost. And he's talking about blood is what he's talking about. He preached at Pentecost in verse 37. Talking about Christ being crucified and resurrected. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. This is verse 37. It cut them to the heart and said unto Peter, and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? This is 3,000 converts at Pentecost. And Peter said unto them, he didn't just say, he said, repent. Repent. Be turned. Metanoia. Metanoia means to be turned and think differently. But that's not an invitation. That is an imperative mood. It's a command. Peter says, here's what you do. The word is coming from my mouth by the way of God and he's commanding them to repent, to be turned. Be turned and think differently. And repent and be baptized, every one of you. 
Repent means to be turned and to be baptized. He's not talking about water. Why would Peter talk about water when just 10 days before this, or about 40 days before this, Jesus met with the apostles and said, Go into all the world, teach all nations, baptizing people in blood, not water. Where does the blood baptism come from? Our mouths. That's where it comes from. Let me show you this. Look over here in Look over here in Romans 5. If you're not going through a blood baptism and you belong to God, you will go through a blood baptism. But God may have to do a real good beating on you. Well, let me put it this way. God will have to do a good beating on you. He's beat all of us that are older. And nobody's exempt from this. I'm sorry, but you can't get away from it. You're going to think, well, yeah, but I'm right and they're wrong. (laughs) That's when you're wrong when you say I'm right and they're wrong. When you say God's right and I don't know exactly what to do. When you get older, you'll say that. I don't know what to do about this, Lord. You know, I pray that all the time. Lord, I don't know what to do. Help me. Help me to submit to your will. And I pray very gentle, quiet prayers to God all the time. Mary said she prays every night before she goes to sleep. She's always telling me about when she's praying. We're just talking to the Lord. And it's not loud. And dear Lord, our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for our predestination. That's not a prayer. That's arrogant. Now, where did I say we were going? Oh, Romans. I'm going to have to go through this next week because I ain't going to have time. Romans 5, verse 11. I understand blood baptism and I understand groaning. Groan is the verb form of straight. Straight is the gate. It means being crushed, being pressured on all sides. I feel pressured by the ministry constantly but I've learned to leave it alone and leave it in God's hands I just say Lord your will be done I'm always telling Mary well if this can't be resolved that's between them and God not between me and them I say that constantly I really believe the will of God is being done in people's lives I believe he'll whip you real good just like he did me if he doesn't then God was real unfair to me. He's going to have to apologize to me. I don't think so. I don't don't think he will. Now this, here in Romans 5, verse 11. He says in verse 10, But if and when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. There you are, there's death. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life, by his life that comes alive in us daily. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus, by whom we have received the 
atonement. That word atonement, every time you see reconcile or reconciliation, most of the time you see reconciliation in the Old Testament's word kafar. In the New Testament, this word reconcile, katalage is the word atonement, K-A-T-A-L-L-A-G-E is the word atonement. The verb form is katalaso, kata, L-A-S-S-O. You want to know where the blood baptism comes from? Look in Second Corinthians, I'll show you. This word comes from same word, the verb form of katalage. It's the word reconciliation in reconciling in Second Corinthians five, and let's read here in verse eighteen. Verse eighteen. I've been meaning to go through this, and I haven't gotten to it in a long time. Second Corinthians. To reconcile something means to restore it to where it was in the first place. This shows that we belong to God before we fell off in our sin, and he held us, retained us while we were in our sin till faith came in our life. And I'll go into that next week. Second Corinthians 5 and verse 18. 18. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us. That word reconciled is that word katalaso, who hath reconciled us. It's the same basic word as atonement. Everywhere you, merely every time you see the word in the Old Testament, reconciled, it's the same word as atonement. Atonement is when they sprinkled the Ark of the Covenant. God is sprinkling our hearts. Now let's read on. Reconciled us to him by to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given unto us the ministry of katalage of atonement. The word atonement, the majority of the time in the Old Testament, is the word kafar, the same word as on the day of atonement, the Ark of the Covenant is sprinkled. It comes from our mouth. That's where the baptism comes from. It doesn't come from us dipping people in water. Then he says, All things are of God who hath reconciled katalaso, us, to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of katalage. You could say, given to us the ministry of atonement. To wit, or this is what it is, is what he says, that God was in Christ reconciling katalaso, the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of coming out of our mouth, katalage. We baptize people with the word of God, with truth. That's what Jesus meant when he said, go into all the world, katalage. Baptize, reconciling them to Christ. 
that word katalage or katalaso, the verb form, he talks about that all through here. The ministry of reconciliation, the word of reconciliation. And when you look in 19, verse, verse 19 to wit, God reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto him, and committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ did be ye reconciled to God. Reconciliation it means to bring back where you once were in the beginning. All of those of us who are all of those of us who are his elect, we belong to him in the beginning. Then when sin came, Paul says in Romans seven, it slew us and we went into darkness. And then he bought. Who was that? I don't know. Never mind. Are we out of time? No. Huh? Eight minutes. Okay. So he's reconciling us. And every time you see the word reconcile, it has to do with atonement. So he's atoned us, he's atoned for us by sprinkling our hearts. This is not something that you want to do. If you belong to God, it's something you have to do. There has to be death to self. Next time you get in a situation, pray, Lord, I don't know what to do, because you really don't. If you start fighting for your way, how many of you have fought for your way? I know all of you have. I know that. We all have fought for our own way. We're supposed to live by God's way, by God's hodos, being the narrow way. And you're going to run across things that you can't handle. Don't try to handle them when you can't. You ever tried to handle something that you can't handle? And what do you get into? Trouble. Don't you? Uh, don't you? Yes, you do. And when you see, there's a verse that I give you a lot whenever I'm teaching on Sunday night on the end of time. And over there in Daniel 9, Daniel 9, when you look at the word, uh, reconciliation, nearly every time you find in the Old Testament, it is the same word as atonement. Same word. Here in Daniel 9, when the Scripture is speaking of the 70 weeks of Daniel, Daniel 9, In verse 24, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people, upon thy holy city, to do six things. Finish the transgression of Israel, to make an end of sins, and to make reconciliation for iniquity. The word reconciliation in that verse is kafar, the same word as atonement. 
to make atonement for your sins and sprinkle your life with the blood of Christ. Sprinkle all the lives of all the elect of all time with the blood of Christ, and then the end will come. That's what he's talking about. When you get into, there are so many words. Let me give you one other word on this. Go to go to First uh, Peter 1 and verse 2. This shows you what what uh, shows you what sprinkling or what aspersion is. You got to get it in your head. Forget this thing of dipping people in water. It's just not true. I don't care how many people do it. I don't care what John MacArthur says. Even he said if we baptize people the way we should, we'd put them under the water. We wouldn't let them up. The famous great world. Theologian John MacArthur said you'd actually baptize people and put them under the water and you wouldn't let them up if you did it right. John, how can you keep doing that? But you'd have to put some coloring in there because you've got to stain them with a dye. But that's death to self and there's no death to self in a baptistry. You need to close that baptistry up like you keep saying and make a, clo- make a coat closet out of it so the preacher has a place to hang his coat when he comes in. I just don't believe in baptism, water baptism. Don't believe in that at all. Where, where did I say we were going? Oh, huh? First Peter, Peter one verse two. It's very important to understand that baptize was not they anglicized the word. The translators did turned it into a verb when it was a noun. It was a verbal noun. Mister Girdlestone will tell you that. Robert Becker Girdlestone, great scholar. So when you go over here to First Peter to one and two, we're elected unto obedience. And any time you have phrases in a verse or in a sentence that are conditional phrases, you can leave those out. You can leave them out and get the full impact of the sentence. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. When it says through sanctification of the Spirit, now that's important, but just to get the main sentence, leave that out, and you can read the essence of the sentence by saying, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father unto obedience. You're elected to obey God and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus. That's baptism. Are you saved by baptism? Absolutely. But not water. Go around telling Church of Christ people this or send them this DVD and they'll get they'll go berserk on you. You know that? So with the Baptist. The way they used to baptize people in the early church when they started having all of this corruption getting in the church, they would make you go into a baptismal font of some kind. This was after they started this occultic thing called water baptism that make you get in a place that make you curse the devil you did tell you had to curse the devil and you had to eat some honey as you're coming out of the baptistry and drink some milk i don't know what good that would do <laughs> i don't gonna do you much good is it milk and honey milk then israel is a land flowing milk and honey 
So he had to eat some honey, drink some. You can get that out of, you can get so much out of these church historians. Enoch Pond, Williston Walker, Backhouse and Tyler. They'll tell you some things that the early church did. And it's just, it's outrageous. I hope you can get a hold of the fact that you have to be baptized in the blood of Christ and it won't be your will. It'll be his will on who he baptizes. You have to be in Israel. You have to be, your heart has to be an Ark of the Covenant. He has to do the sprinkling. It's all his will. It's none of yours. That's predestination right there, isn't it? You don't have any choice of whether your heart's going to be sprinkled if you're in the kingdom of God. You don't, you don't have any choice about dying daily. It might take you a lot of years like me of fighting God before you learn to drop your head and humble to him. So, God, I, I'm sorry. I've been so foolish. True repentance, you're ashamed of your past. You even get ashamed of your presence when you get bold before God. You want to be ashamed of yourself. I'm, I'm so ashamed of the way I've lived, but I'm also ashamed when I'm demanding of God that I want to have my way. You got to get over you. And that's every believer. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, thank you for truth. Teach the church that a blood baptism is everything. That's what you do to us when we battle for battle you, Lord. We battle other people. We fight the baptism. And we can't get away from it. We can't get over it. Thank you, Lord. I've never lived a life that's more content than now. Thank you for that. Fight our battles. We we can't fight anymore. We just can't do it. You fight for us. We'll praise you for all things. Lead us to your elect family. In Christ's name we pray, man. Yeah, I remember Bill Bates. Played for the Cowboys. He was kind of a little short guy, wasn't he? Yeah, he was like one of those dangerous people that is like a mess. I remember it. Yeah, I remember it. He, was, he wasn't tall, was he? No, but the thing is, you find out Christian athlete is just... <laughs> I mean, cause they have It's a facade. They have a, an organization. They want their way, don't they? Yeah. It was a great message. Thank you, Rusty. I appreciate it. Boy, we need to. That's something we all learn as we get older, don't we?